0: Kind of erotic Awakening, BDSM and aging with Elena Gabash. How do you explain power exchange to someone new? And new tech.
1: BDSM and
0: non-standard relationships.
1: Power exchange in polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well as, as,
0: as simply, simply fun kink. Fun You'll find shows on these topics and more at EroticAwakening.com.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening
0: right now. Hi Dawn. Hi Dan. So it's been a while since we've recorded these things.
1: It has. It's been a couple of weeks, but that that's because of technology and time.
0: Technology and time. Mainly technology. And we are in the midst of new technology. We're halfway there. We are recording this on a brand new... Um Thingamabobby that thingamabobby. looks like it's tra- from Star Trek? Well, it's actually <laughs> called an H4N Pro. Okay. So it's a digital recorder, and next podcast we'll get it plugged into the uh microphones that we have. But for now, we're recording directly into the digital recorder. So far, it sounds pretty good.
1: Good, good. Especially
0: after the crap we had last week.
1: Yeah, so, well, last
0: week, you mean... Three weeks ago, uh,
1: <laughs> last episode. Yes, last episode.
0: Uh, so, welcome to episode three. Sorry, four hundred and twenty. Holy cow! Indeed. So wow, now I got to get back into the rhythm of things.
1: It's like, whoa, what am I doing? I don't remember. No, we, we
0: are. We have been taking a little bit of a break there, not on purpose, but uh, so,
1: well, that's because you had to replace your Mac.
0: Yeah, so the Mac died, uh, everything. We had great technology challenges, and it took a little while to come up with the funds to start rebuying what we needed and rebuilding, but we're getting there.
1: Hopefully this works, so so it's got to be better than the last episode. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Sound-wise.
0: Right. And it will be quality-wise as well. While we were at Kinky College, we got to sit down with Elena Gabash and talk about BDSM and Aging. She's Mm -hmm. been presenting around the nation for years and years and years, and... Uh, what a great conversation that was.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I got to meet her, oh, I don't even remember where I met her at, I think it was a leather leadership conference a few years back, um, a few years back, a little more than a few years back, and um, was talking to her about uh, the wet spot in Seattle, mm-hmm. because we had, or I'd always had this um, in you know this vision of opening up our own sort of community center and lo and behold here we are with the space mm-hmm. so that was kind of neat to talk to her about that too absolutely but uh but uh our conversations on the last couple of rides like we went to chicago and then st louis and then chicago and um i kept bringing up a couple of times about aging so it was kind of neat to have a conversation with her i'd like to talk to you a little bit about
0: that before we jump into the um, interview. But before we get there, we want to talk... Our question of the day is, how do you explain power exchange to someone new? And it just so happens that you and I, along with uh, Master Brenda and Slave Arcane, were Mm -hmm. just on a panel at The Ohio State University talking to some college students there about power exchange and consents and and master-slave relationships.
1: Yeah, it was kind of neat. So... um, they, they wanted to talk to uh, people that were leather and that lived master-slave. And I thought it was neat that it was us and Master Brenda and Slave Arcane because we have two different dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you're a male master and Miss Brenda is um, a, a female master. So, you know, it was kind of neat to get it from both views. And the kids really had some good questions.
0: Kids. These kids. are college-age people. They're probably adults. I know, adults.
1: they're adults, but... The biggest, I actually
0: will say that you and I have presented a a million classes at this point, and I will say this is probably the most nervous I've been presenting, at least prior to the presenting, that I've been in as long as I can remember.
1: You, You told me that, and I was a little surprised, but once I thought about it, I was okay with it, but I knew who was running the class, so I guess that's why I wasn't nervous.
0: Yeah, a friend of ours was running the class, so that's valuable, but for me, it was more the... Uh, and like you'd pointed out, these are not people that said, "Oh, look, here's a class that I want to go to." There's Dan and dawn people. I will go listen to them. Instead, it was their teacher saying, "Sit down and listen to these people," and the uh, expectation of being judged. You know, I can you know just but these are not people that had any interest in power exchange except from an academic perspective, if that. So it was really interesting to sit there and and share. What makes a power exchange relationship and why we have a power exchange relationship, and get comfortable saying master slave to a group of people that are in their low 20s of uh, various ethnic backgrounds. And, you know, and I remember how I perceived the terminology of master slave when we first got started. So that was, it was tricky.
1: And we were a little older than that. So, Absolutely. you know, I was actually more nervous when we went to go talk to OSU um, about power exchange when we did it in the um the housing so it wasn't a oh, dormitory yeah. per se but it was a housing and 50 shades of gray had just come out and the kids in that in the housing um had some questions about consent they didn't like the movie and they didn't like how unconsensual it was so they had questions about what it was like in real life i was actually more nervous about that one than this one so but um but that's cuz i've got experience in the classroom with that teacher mm-hmm. I, I guess or I'm just really comfortable with it now. So, but, um, you know, it was, the questions were really neat. Um, that They were things like, Dawn, are all your rituals, you know, housekeeping? Right. You know, are all your protocols about housekeeping? Or, you know, Dan, what are you responsible for? And, you know, just, just things like that. And right. um, uh, it wasn't phrased like this, but kind of like, um. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Could I walk away? Right. You know, asking me and Arcane as slaves, can we walk away? You know, and of course we said, of course we can. You know, if we want to do it honorably, we do it the way we set it up in the contract. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're humans in a
0: relationship. Of course we can walk away. So to the actual and side note, in case uh, I don't know if Arcane mentioned it, but he said to me afterwards, said we should do more presenting together. We did mm-hmm. work out well. So, so the actual question of the day, though, is how would you rec- how would you present power exchange to someone who is new, not familiar with it? Uh, I assume that they're asking, um, like, for example, let's just say we'll make up the scenario of we have and we have new people coming to the space all the time for mm-hmm. spanking parties and for everything else, right? It, let's say somebody's new. Um, maybe they're turned on by BDSM literature, but they've not really met anyone who's engaged in a power exchange relationship or even know what it is. How would you explain to someone what a power exchange relationship is?
1: Well, what I would explain explain is that it is a hierarchical relationship. Someone is a leader and someone is a follower. So even though the leader may listen to the follower sometimes, the leader is still the one that gets to make the final decision if they choose to, right? Because sometimes you let me make decisions too, but... Um, you get the final decision regardless. And that's pretty much how I would describe it. I mean, I wouldn't involve play in it or anything. Um, we just had substance service last weekend, mm-hmm. and one of the girls there was very, very new, and she was saying that people are telling her she's not a real submissive because she doesn't like pain. And I looked at her, and I'm like, y- do you realize that masters and slaves, some of them don't even play? It's about the power exchange. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with pain. It has nothing to do with play, though some of us do like to play. It has to do with there being a leader and a follower. And I like to say that the follower trusts the leader enough, and the leader has earned the trust to be the leader. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, for me, uh, I like to lean towards the fact that it's the designer relationship. mm -hmm. It's a relationship that you build from scratch and decide what you want it to be. And there's other styles of relationships that are like that as well. But like you said, it's a hierarchical relationship where you recognize the strengths of each individual person and you lean on those strengths. Um, We use the phrase a lot that you take care of me and I take care of the relationship. Mm -hmm. We have our roles. We know what we do. And via that, we support each other. One of the interesting questions from the college thing was somebody said, well, Dan, Don has this alternative relationship. How does that benefit you? And I won't go into that too deeply, but to say that, you know, one of the things about a power exchange relationship is that both participants are benefited by that relationship. It's a continual to, for us, at least the way we do power exchange, a continually growing relationship. It's mm-hmm. evolving all the time. And it is one that both, you know, participants feel at home, and they grow constantly, and can support each other because they are their authentic selves. You don't have to pretend to be um, large and in charge, and you know as that you can do or or handle roles that you're not necessarily where your focus or where your passions lie. Um, so that's how I would I, how I would explain it. I wouldn't use the word consent. I would use the word that it's it's negotiated mm-hmm. and that it really can be ended by either party at any moment. That it doesn't suit them anymore. And then, it, you know, something new would perhaps rise from that.
1: Right, right. And they, they um, you know, the, the students in the class actually seemed to um, appreciate the answers that we gave. So that was that was kind of neat. Though uh, they did get a giggle when one of them asked, well, you know, sometimes people just do this in the bedroom. So do you guys ever switch in the bedroom? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> All four of us were like, oh, no. <laughs>
0: that, Some people certainly did Some people and absolutely. And we know, we know but... people, master slaves, that we, that we respect mm-hmm. that the uh, master will bottom on occasion. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so that was our question of the day. If you have a question of the day or want to give a shit for not recording anymore recently... You can contact us a variety of ways at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com is the email. So, Or you can contact us on FetLife,
1: um, Erotic Awakening, two words. Just look for the owners of it, and that would be us.
0: That is indeed us. Other ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting next, past podcast episodes, links to the newsletter, and other crap can be found at eroticawakening.com.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. We, we have a new subscriber to the newsletter, Talking of the Newsletter. We do. We do. Maddie in Central Illinois.
0: Have we ever presented in Central Illinois?
1: Um, we've presented in St. Louis. I don't think that counts. No, but it's the Wait, right St. state. St. Louis is Missouri. Where's St. Louis at?
0: <laughs> Missouri, you're right.
1: Okay, so what would be Illinois? Is Chicago, Chicago. Illinois? Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Grove is probably a little closer. Let's
0: assume yes. <laughs> I don't know. As many places as we presented, let's assume, yes. So Now, cool. it's funny that you, you have a mention about your tentacle links, but before you get into that, I'm okay. going to... Are you going to flip through that one? Um, we Over the weekend, not too long ago, we were in Chicago, we got to spend some time with Johnny Jackhammer and Mrs. Johnny jo- or Miss uh, Johnny Jackhammer. Good Witch or, of the North. Oh, she has a foot name. Yes. Cool. Um, I didn't know, so I was just going to go with <laughs> the Lady Jackhammer. And uh, they brought us a copy of Raw Media, which is it's
1: a graphic novel. Oh, you are fantastic
0: enough! Wow,
1: look at that—the
0: hot little rag doll there. Um, there's the milkmaid. There's some poor sod getting smacked around. There's big. Obviously, this is a very big adult, boobs. <laughs> uh, very adult comic here that we have here. And then this monstrous book that they gave us as well. Oh, my well. Gosh. Or loaned us, I should say. I don't so, know. Do you think it was a gift or do you think it was a loaner?
1: I'm not sure, but I will find out. Because so. uh, I want to read it. And then, I mean, this is a hardback book, so they can absolutely have it back
0: if it's a loaner. Uh, but it's called Lost Girls by Alan Moore and Melinda Gebbie. Alan Moore, by the way, is a famous name. I bet you, if we look that up, that it will be a famous you illustrator of sense? some sort. Okay. So and I know that our microphone's going to pick up the page turning, and my apologies to the pagest, not trying to cut into her, <laughs> um, thing.
1: So, huh. So yeah, so it's called Lost Girls, and it's got a bunch of short chapters in it, and it is, um, oh, it's, it's uh, it's, uh, stories. I can't think of, like, uh, fairy tales. It's like little fairy tales. (laughs) So, definitely adult. Holy cow. Ooh, look at that one. (laughs) It's got some girl-on-girl action there. Okay, I'm going to have to make the time to read this. I've had it sitting beside the bed so that I can read a little bit each night. And the chapters seem to be short enough that... I'm sure. What is he looking at? That's a pussy. I see that's a pussy, but why is it just an eyeball and a pussy? <laughs> You'll have to read. I guess I'll have to read it and find out. Yes. So I'll put it back by the bed, see if I can read a
0: chapter. Oh, she's BDSM, got a whim, Yeah. So. Get back to reading this chapter today. It's beautiful, beautiful book. Beautiful Oh, absolutely. Uh, illustrations and stuff. This, again, as you mentioned, is called Lost Girls. And I bet you that. Uh, looking through porn while we are doing a podcast (laughs) is not that exciting for our podcast listeners. It's kind of like
1: when you pull someone out of the audience when we present and you get lost. (laughs) Or I get lost or something. So, yes. But thank you very much, Johnny Jackhammer and Good Witch of the North. So I will be looking through that. Maybe I'll
0: take it on the cruise with me. And unfortunately, our (laughs) favorite uh, restaurant that we eat dinner with them apparently is moving away.
1: I know. We've been eating at that restaurant in Chicago for, good gosh, five years now Mm -hmm. at least, and we've done a few dinners with with them, and uh, that was our last dinner there. They informed us that uh, they were going to not be there anymore, and the waitress was absolutely lovely, and I think she kind of figured out that we were all weird, because we told her it was a relationship conference,
0: and she wanted to know if she
1: should go, too. She did, indeed.
0: So, uh, we'll get into our topic in just a moment, as uh, Dawn mentioned, although... um, you did not mention that Boy yeah. George sent you the history of tentacle sex. He did. He did. So looked through that, and that is that is kind of neat. I think it's kinda it, neat. the article itself comes from a cracked article called Six Depraved Sexual Fetishes That Are Older Than You Think.
1: <laughs> nice. And then uh, Rachel sent a Kraken mask and a cute octopus necklace from Etsy. So lots of tentacle stuff out there. Well, oh, we got to tell our tentacle story. Um, what was the class we were teaching? Co topping. Yes. We were teaching co topping. So, a bad bunny, if you're listening to this, you are now infamous. So, because I went over how you and your husband co topped me during that tentacle scene. Mm-hmm. So, giving hints to people and <laughs> how they can co top. Because
0: that was a hot fucking scene. That was not bad from what I've heard. I didn't get to go. <laughs> you didn't get to go. No. So, Dawn, um, how old are you?
1: Um, I'm trying to say it with a smile on my face and a little pep to my step, but uh, I turned 50 in a little over a month.
0: Yes. So do you, What do you want for your birthday, by the way?
1: What do I want for my birthday? Um, Something on the cruise, because we're going to cruise a couple of days fair, after that. Fair so, enough. So, cool. I'll I'll come up with something. So. And a big party.
0: I am 50 what?
1: You are 50, get ready to turn
0: 52? Am I? That's I think cool. so. I think so. Uh so you and I are absolutely on the older side of the world at this point. And
1: it's it's kind of funny because someone found our podcast a few years back and thought we were way younger than what we were and we admitted we were in our forties and they were surprised. Well, surprise! Yeah, well, <laughs> we're getting into a new decade.
0: <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm gonna say about this age thing is it really is about an attitude. It really is about how you live. Now Mm-hmm. And Elena's going to talk more about it, obviously, but one of the, the realities is um, something as simple as energy and your body and all that kind of jazz, right? I mean, that's that's reality type stuff, but what would you say has kept you... I mean, I would consider us young at heart, and I know that... Absolutely. I've, I hear that when I was younger, and I was like, eh, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, um, we play... A lot, Mm -hmm. whether it's computer games or. We still tabletop. We tabletop. um, We kid around, we laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we still have a lot of youthful energy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the secret to that? How is it that we are still maintaining having somewhat of a youthful disposition or youthful energy or. Or do we not have one and we just assume we do? (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know, but I think part of it, I think there's a couple of things. I think part of it is uh, we both have a sense of adventure. Mm -hmm. We like to try new things. Um, Trying not to let our age get in the way of anything. But I think the other one is the exercise that we do. I think we keep in mind that we need to keep our bodies youthful. As well, so that we can keep this attitude as long as possible. So, you know, and to surround ourselves with people that are fun and young at heart, as well. You know, I, I think there's a a big combination there. So, but I know there's a lot of stuff that I still want to try. And for me, now that I've lost a lot of the weight, I get to try a lot of the fun stuff I didn't get to do before. And so, yeah, a sense of adventure and not being attached to the age and Keeping your body pepped up so that it can handle
0: all this stuff. Would you do the um, zip line over the street on Folsom Street in Las Vegas now? Oh, Fremont Street. Fremont Street. Yes,
1: I I would. I was borderline weight-wise last time, and I really wanted to do it. And I was really, really terrified because it's over cement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's over a road. But um, I'm, I'm low enough weight now that I think I would absolutely do it. I may even go back to Vegas. Oh, that's something I could have done with the weekend I have coming up. Maybe I'll go to Vegas just so I can do that zip line. Well, there you go. That would be fun. I plan on doing it on a ship. We're going to be on in in six weeks.
0: You know, I think part of it is... I think all those things you said are true. I hadn't thought about the exercise, but that's certainly a true one. Um, Although I could certainly do more. I think part of it is staying engaged in life. You said a sense of adventure, but for Mm -hmm. me it's... um, you know, I don't look at it like, well, I'm, I'm halfway through my life, well past halfway, so things should start winding down. It's like, you know, I really do believe things are just, I'm just starting to get a hang of things. I'm right. really just starting to understand things, and things are really just starting to get good. Part mm-hmm. of it, we're very fortunate to be in a situation where, uh, for us, the kids have moved out, and we have some disposable income. Yay, Polly, by the way. Um <laughs> Because that's, you know, that allows us to do some of that adventure stuff that we want to. But I don't think, you know, that's not a huge piece. Of, that, that allows us to go on cruises. But if we weren't doing that, we'd go camping, right? Right, right. Um, go camping. Oh, I, we work our asses off. You know that. <laughs> and I think, I wonder how much that's part of it. I mean, you know, between our 40-hour-a-week job and the 18 other things that we do, we, you know, we, we still haven't watched Iron Fist. We don't sit and watch ago. TV.
1: I we, mean, we don't veg.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's part of it, too. We don't, we're not satisfied to just sit back and let life happen. It's like, mm-hmm. what can we go do? So, I don't know. That's my thinking, anyway.
1: So, and, um, you know, I've just had this, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I've been bringing up age a lot, and maybe it's because I'm getting ready to turn 50. But one of the things that I like is that you turned 50 before I did, mm-hmm. and you're perfectly Okay. So I'll be okay turning 50. And the other thing is, it's like um, uh, one morning you you, uh, emailed me. And you said, and how old are you going to be coming up soon? And I was getting ready to write back through habit, sigh, 50, Mm -hmm. woe is me, you know. And instead I caught myself getting ready to do that. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm in a really good place right now. I'm not going to pretend... Or even allow myself to think, oh, woe is me. Right. You know, I'm in a really good place. So when I wrote you back, I think it was something like, smile on my face with a happy thought or Mm -hmm. something like that. Getting ready to turn 50 and life is good.
0: Uh, You know, I think part of it that helps also is that we, like you said, we we surround ourselves with people Mm -hmm. that have this same attitude. Um, And we surround ourselves and, phew, all these relationships we have, maybe that will keep you young.
1: Yeah, well, just about everybody we're dating between the two of us i think just about everybody is uh the same age or younger than us so but um yeah and it just keeps you keeps you a little youthful or um hell even the ones that are our age laugh a lot and everything yeah. you know we're surrounding mm-hmm. ourselves with with people that are fun and we've got two other friends uh Kevin and Katie taught us this you know they don't even celebrate their birthdays anymore they're just about life not about numbers hmm. So, you know, I I want to celebrate my birthday. I'm okay no, with no. that. No, no. No, yeah. I I'll cancel big the cruise. birthday. No, no, no. So, you know, I want to celebrate. And, you know, I so there's just little little pieces that are going on. I remember riding my bike uh, probably about five years ago. I had just built up to about 20 miles. And um, so, yeah, it would have been about four years ago because it was before I started this 40-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a two men riding that were in their 70s. And one was on a regular bike, and one was on a recumbent bike, and I stopped and talked to them at the trailhead, and the trailhead was behind this nursing home. The bike path started behind this nursing home, and then went way out into the country. And, you know, so I stopped them and talked to them, and I'm like, so, obviously, you're older than I am. Why are you out here on your bike? I mean, why, why, why aren't you just chilling? And he goes, because I don't want to end up in the nursing home. Most people in the nursing home are in there because they can't lift their body weight off the toilet. Hmm. He's like, I want to be fit. And, of course, accidents happen. Of course, there's, you know, some body stuff that happens that you just can't help, you know, whatever. But while I can be in charge of it, I want to be in charge of it. And I don't want to end up in a nursing home because Mm -hmm. I didn't take care of my body. And I'm like, you know, and that just kind of stuck with me. So, you know, you and I exercise almost every day. Oh, I'm just getting back into it. And, um, after the surgery, but part of the surgery was all about the, um, the quality of life, right? you know, as I get older. But, um, yeah, so, so one of the reasons I brought all this up and, and I'll stop, I'll, I'll get done talking in a little bit, but I wanted to process this a little bit. Um, I had someone ask me if I could start a support group for women that are aging oh, yeah. in the community. And um, I was like, oh, I love support groups. I like starting things. I am aging, you know. So a support group would be great. And then she talked about how, you know, as you get older, you know, we lose our sex drive. And maybe we lose our, our desire to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get tired and things like that. So, you know, we need a support group to, to talk about all those things. And I got excited. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, whoa, I'm not ready. Right. I'm not ready to talk about losing my sex drive. That's already a fear, but it hasn't happened yet. And I'm afraid if I start a support group that um, I'll get lost.
0: Yeah, you'll embody that. that.
1: I'll embody it. And I saw that happen to a friend of ours in Chicago. She was young, she was young, she was young. And then she decided to embrace Crone because she turned 50 or 55 or something like that. And then boom. Silver hair, which is not bad. I love silver hair, but it was just different than how she had kept up her appearance before. You know, kind of lost track of keeping her body in shape Mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, she just kind of gave up, stopped going to events, stopped. But, but,
0: yeah, but we don't know that she gave up. She might just, this is how she embodied the changes.
1: It could be, it could be, but it just feels like she gave up and gave up the adventure I mean, there was some stuff that she absolutely enjoyed doing and stopped doing it because she hit a certain number,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I mean, you and your motorcycle, you caught yourself saying, I'm too old for this. And we,
0: we, we're going to talk about that with Lena in just a moment. That's how we start that okay. interview. Oh, is it? It is.
1: Awesome. That'll be great. So, okay. I think I processed that enough. I'm Good. not old. I'm turning 50. I'm having a big party. I'm not old. <laughs>
0: So, Dawn, here we are at the Kiki College once again. We've come here a few times, and this time we managed to, on the way here, we were talking about how we weren't going to talk about how old we were anymore. We, we
1: actually were. We were talking about how we were not going to talk about our age anymore, because sometimes that stops us from doing things. Yes. Instead... You almost talked yourself out of getting a motorcycle in November and realized this you were year, doing it. I
0: said to myself, I'm too old to buy a motorcycle, so the following month I bought a motorcycle. Right. And because, I'm just starting to learn how to do it. Because we saw
1: ourselves talking yeah. ourselves out of things.
0: So no. So we decided we're not going to talk about age anymore, and here it is, a podcast, because we have Elena here with us, who's going to talk to us about aging in BDSM. So Elena, tell me your last name, because I'm going to screw it up if I try and say I'm, it. I'm Elena Gubosh. Elena gobash
2: Gubosh, Tell yeah. us a
0: little bit about Elena Gubosh.
2: Why? Um, why am I here? Sort of
0: like more recent sort of thing.
2: So I'm the former director of the Center for Sex Positive Culture in Seattle, and I uh, I recently retired, which means that I'm busier now than I've ever been in my entire life, because I, I have time to speak, and I've been going all traveling all over uh, the country speaking, plus I've had opportunities to speak at more colleges around Seattle, and... Uh, um, and I just turned 64 last week. <laughs> You're talking about aging. Um, a month ago, I went to a, a Beatles cover band conf- conference or c- a concert called uh, Rain, and they started to sing When I'm 64. Uh-huh. And I looked at my girlfriend and went, Fuck. I'm going to be 64. <laughs> what? Whoa, right? I mean, you you can listen to this song. Suddenly. Yeah, these they still pop. love me when I'm 64? <laughs> well, people people do. So last Saturday, I just I turned 64. Well, happy I birthday! Applied for, thank you. I applied yeah. for Social Security when I retired, and now I have a little bit of money, not a lot, uh-huh. um, that I know that I can pay rent. more. and it's just there's just this freedom that came with it that was kind of scary and weird. Um, and I've been teaching and talking about aging and BDSM and sexuality for the last uh, couple years, um, partly because I also I also speak about just sex and mm-hmm. there's a huge shift in the aging communities around just sex and period. Um, the fact that more STIs are in people over fifty than any other, HIV's highest in people over sixty. Really, wow. new, new HIV. Um, Chlamydia is as rampant in people over fifty as it is in people who are twenty-five, so all of those mean that there's gotta there needs to be more consciousness around sexuality and aging. And while I'm at it, since I'm part of the kinky world, also BDSM and aging, so, uh-huh. so I'm doing a whole workshop tomorrow about so, that. So
1: I want to so, sit in on that. So let me th-
0: start off by asking because I have this. a question too.
2: Are you old? No, but you're sixty-four. I know.
0: So what's the difference between being old and being sixty-four?
2: I think it's an attitude. I, I really do. So um, I am um, not as physically able as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cancer. I lost a tit. I mean, you know, there's things happen to our bodies and stuff. Uh, I put on weight. I'm. Um, I don't see quite as well. I don't uh-huh. hear quite as well. And all those things are attributed to aging. And I don't feel old at all. Um, I have multiple partners. Uh, I'll be really honest, nobody's even close to my age. <laughs> <laughs> that house keeps me young. Um, Are they younger or older? They're all they're all younger than okay. me. Okay. I my, want to my, talk to you about that later. <laughs> I'm still
1: trying to figure that out. My <laughs> oldest my
2: oldest part, the oldest partner that I currently have is 9 years younger than I am. Okay. okay. And uh, so but here's the thing that's really interesting that I realized as a, a spot is about being old is yeah. that um, people come up to me and they're like and I tell them how old I'm. They're like, "You don't look 64." Uh-huh. And my response is, "This is what 64 looks like now, right. you know." And it's not old. It, it, it's you know, there was a time when, yeah, 64 was considered old. But, uh, you know, my my grandparents lived until their 90s. My one grandfather, my one grandfather was 100 mm-hmm. when he passed away. Um, more and more people. I just talked to a woman who's 70, who's kicking it here, and, and working she's, she's come to 24. 24 conferences in a row since she started in the community 13 years ago or something. I mean, those kind of things. So I think age N, okay, N, I have a friend in the leather community. He's 88. Name nice. is Sheldon. And he's a an ale- gay leatherman. And he's, he would like to find somebody to have sex with. He hasn't recently. And he's still active. He still comes to events. He still does mm-hmm. things. And uh, so, uh, no, nah, 64 isn't old anymore. I'm ex- so. I'm
1: excited because I'm get- I turn 50 this year.
2: The big 50. Right? And yeah. there's
1: there's actually a few of us women in the community that are turning 50 this year. And um we're we're all like, "Oh my god, we need to get a support group together and you know about getting older in the community and part of me was like, "Yes, I'm getting older. I'm wait. But if I do that, I might identify with that and start feeling I
2: have a Oh, good for
1: you. Good
2: because so, ironically, this happened when I was 45. Okay. That was the year when age hit me, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, which was like almost 20 years ago. I just had, I, turning 40 was no big deal, but turning 45, for some reason, I was like, shit, I'm 45. And this was, uh, I had a, at that time, I had a little restaurant uh, called Beyond the Edge Cafe up in Seattle, a little, with a d- dungeon in the basement and stuff in the late 90s. Like you do. Like I do. Yeah, like people <laughs> do. And, um... I, I, I was on one of those uh, online things that you did in the 90s, which are nothing like they are now. Right. And um, I posted something to a woman. I was in a women, the women's group, the bent group, which is a women's group. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to be 45. Fuck. And somebody goes, well, I'm 42. And somebody else goes, well, I'm 46. And people started bouncing their ages off. And this one woman goes, well, screw you all. I'm 63. And we, we just had this epiphany that there were a whole bunch of us in our, that were 40 and older. Mm -hmm. So we started something called Kinky Crohn's. Now, the way, and it, it, you know how everything has a length of time. And so about seven years ago, it just kind of drifted away. But for a long time, this was happening. Once a month, we got together for, in my cafe, it was for tea and and dessert. Once the cafe closed, we started doing once a month potlucks at somebody's home. Um, If you were under 40, you could come and serve us. (laughs) <laughs> there, were, there were people who, who couldn't wait to turn 40 to be part of Kinky Crohn's. Wow. And the way we looked at it, Kinky Crohn's stood for uh, Crohn's and kits, Crohn's in training. Those of us who are, okay, hadn't, hadn't reached I the Crohn like. Okay, that I like. So, because technically Crohn means that you're past menopause and all right, that. Right,
1: and see, and I'm yeah. afraid I, I'm going to identify with Crohn and lose my sex drive, and I'm not ready to do that. Because right. I've seen people do that do. before. absolutely. But yeah.
2: Crohn's in training? Crohn's in that training, training. That kits. I could, that I yeah. could... So we had kinky crones, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was an amazing, I mean, there were women looking forward to turning 40, and there were women that were really wanted to come and serve us, and it was a women's group, um, female-identified, and um, it was a really powerful, powerful place to be, hmm. and it really helped a lot of us figure out aging in a different yeah. way and look at okay. it differently okay. and now, embrace it.
0: Now, can I uh, ask you personal questions? Oh,
2: yes. How, how's the sex drive? Um, it's, it, it's ebbed and flowed. So, Uh um, but I had breast cancer in 2011 and, um, in the midst of breast cancer, I had a new partner and I, my sex drive was kind of crazy right after that. But then I had this huge dip from like 2013 up until about a year ago, Mm -hmm. there was a big dip and I didn't have much of a sex drive. And I remember talking to my doctor about it and I have a fabulous doctor. I'm like, I don't have much of a sex drive. And he looks at me and goes is it causing you any distress in your life? And mm-hmm. I'm like, not really. I'm poly, and my partner's had other partners, and, and I still was intimate with people. Right. And I go, not really. And he goes, then don't worry about it. He says, if it's not causing distress in your lives, then it might come back, it might not. You know. About six months ago, boing, it came back. Just came back on It its just own. came back on its own. So yeah. do
0: you find that BDSM is a solution for some people whose sex drive is starting to wane?
2: Absolutely. I think that the most wonderful thing about BDSM is it doesn't require functioning pussies and functioning penises. Mm-hmm. You can do so much of what we do doesn't require that. Now, and I'll actually give you an example. I have a, um, he passed away a couple years ago, but our oldest member at the center passed away when he was 92. Mm-hmm. And Walt was um, 90 the last time I saw him playing. Um, he uh, was a cross-dresser from the, since like 71. And when I saw him, using a red bra, red panties, men's shoes because his feet hurt getting the getting spanked by a good friend of mine uh-huh. right and he was smiling and happy now he hadn't had any kind of traditional sex in years right his penis he was actually my nah, penis doesn't work anymore but he still could be sexual erotic mm-hmm. and be fully self-expressed in other ways and uh and i i actually when i speak at colleges i actually tell people this i uh, <laughs> i'm speaking to college students i'm like and I look at them, and I'm like, someday things are going to quit working. Just trust me, it will, right. right? And being kinky means that you can continue to explore sensuality, eroticism, and sexuality in different ways. That if you're depending on just penis and, and orifices, mm-hmm. it's not going to work as easy, you know, right. or may not work as easy. So I think I think that you know. That said, there's things we have to be aware of if as we get older, such as my hearing's going. I yeah. don't no hear safe words quite as easy. Right. right, I don't hear instructions quite as easy. Those kind of things. So being more aware, being aware of the things that come with aging, um, like I'm not old, but I am aging. <laughs> you know? sure. I
1: get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I like how you put that. So because I don't feel like I'm fifty, and then sometimes and you it'll don't hit look fifty me. either. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, but yeah, but sometimes it, it scares me to turn yeah. fifty. And, um, and then I'm like, oh, wait, Dan did it before I did, so I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> he survived, so I'll be okay. So, but then I see older people around, and, and we've got a, a, yeah. a lot, of, a of big older crowd here this year, yeah, it seems like. And I love it. So it gives me some hope <laughs> that I'll be well, okay.
2: You guys were at, at Columbus, Ohio, at the event there. Yeah. There were a lot of people. There was mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. May-September relationships, a lot yeah. of older men and older women with younger partners. Yeah. I was so encouraged. Yeah, it was real. I mean, I was really kind of taken aback by how many. Uh, what a great age range there was yeah. at that yeah. e- at that event, and this event too. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. yeah, we've actually been joking lately about the idea of since there's the TNG group, that for the old people we want an old people group. That the dungeon opens at four p.m., shuts down at about nine p.m., and then we all go. off. And then the younger bed. people can have it. I
2: think we the <laughs> need it. an OFG, old farts group. Absolutely. <laughs> there's times when I'm like. I'm not setting up to 2 a.m. and oh, There's somebody who wants to play with me tonight, and I'm thinking, can I really do that tonight?
1: Right. <laughs> well, we, we
2: were discussing it ourselves.
1: Yeah. It's like I've got a Jill party at 10.30, and Dan's like, so when do you want to play? At 9 or after the Jill party? And I'm like, oh, sleep sounds good. <laughs> maybe 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. We'll, we'll see, maybe before. Maybe 9 a.m. actually. Maybe 9 a.m. I actually really
2: love um, – conferences to have a small dungeon area that's open 24-7 right. or all right. day during the day. I love that. I've been to a few like that. What a difference it is, because that afternoon delight can be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't
0: have to stay up till 1 a.m. to get a piece of furniture. That's right. So what resources are out there for people that are getting older and still kinky and still involved in the kink lifestyle?
2: There's not a lot of actual stuff out there that, you know, I can, like, point to, and you can go here, you mm-hmm. can go there. Um like my workshop i'm doing tomorrow i'm going to talk mostly about the things we need to be aware of and pay attention to like you know like it's hearing and bodies you know, well, like not even meddling, skin you know,
1: shifting because skin our skin because i remember that with dossie as dossie got older yes. you know and mm-hmm. i would watch her play and i would watch her skin get yeah, more my, more my, frail. my skin's,
2: my mother's skin is like extremely frail and mine's starting to reach that point yeah you know so so just being aware of that kind of stuff um one of the things that I think that's important for all of us is to be aware that, uh, that, that um, as we age, we're going to be looking at needing to see our doctor more and talking to our doctor. Is this If you're not already out, this is the time to be out. We mm-hmm. need to talk to our doctors. Okay. So I'm an advocate of being out um, to your medical providers, and yet there's still people in our community who aren't. Um, they're afraid to and, and stuff. We hire our doctors. They work for us. They're not God's or goddesses, they're, they're just humans, and um, we, in order to get good care, and especially as we're older and aging, where, you know, things, stuff happens quicker, and like the hips and need to be replaced, and knees right. need to be replaced, and all these things, um, we need to be out to our doctors, that's a really, a really important thing, to yeah. being able to have frank conversations well, with our And even providers. just bruising.
1: Right, yeah. even just bruising. Bruising can mean something different when you're older. That's right. Right. So, and so. they don't disappear as fast. They don't heal as fast. So, that's right. That could mean something to a doctor if they don't know that you had it done consensually. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So,
2: and the other thing to be just really aware of again is safer sex. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that's happening in the aging population is that, um, like in senior living, th- senior living um, spaces, whether it's long-term care or assisted living. Um, there, these places are becoming more and more like dorms, where there's a lot more interaction, a lot more sex happening, a lot more uh, touching and people being together. And people my age and older do not have a consciousness about safer sex. The one thing the BDSM community brings to this aging population is a consciousness about safer sex that the average vanilla person out there doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So just being really aware of that, and if you do find you, I have a friend who's part of our community who's living in a, um, a senior housing situation. It's not a um, sister, it's more just kind of a place where the seniors hang out. And uh, um, and he is quite the, uh, all the women are liking him at lot. <laughs> Jack's having a really great time, right? Um, And he's a trans guy, and I'm going to guess that most of these women don't even know, and they don't even care, because he's just like this awesome guy. But he's way more aware of things like safer sex and that kind of stuff, which we're not uh, if we're Vanilla.
1: Right. Well, you know. And I wonder if they think this is the question I was going to ask you before when you brought this up. Do you think it's because they think condoms are just for pregnancy? Yeah, absolutely. And they don't have absolutely. to worry about getting pregnant because they're older. They're, that's so, it. And then and they forget about the
2: STIs. We don't even, I mean, and plus my generation, our STIs where you got a shot. I got to clap, you know. I got gonorrhea yeah. when I was uh, twenty-one, and I was, you know, I had like five different guys I was seeing. I had to tell, you know, go tell them and all that. But it was like, oh, I just got a shot. It was right. not. A, it was. It, it was a big deal because I was embarrassed because I was twenty-one. But it wasn't a big deal overall. Um, things have changed around that. So we have. That's a, a, definitely it. My generation. I mean, I quit using. I. I tried using condoms, but I hated them, so I had unprotected sex and finally got the pill. And Oh, my God, it was so good to be on the pill. I didn't yeah. have to worry about, about getting pregnant, and that's all I worried about. Right, right. right? right. And um, I didn't start practicing, safer sex until the late 80s, early 90s, around that time. During the AIDS crisis. AIDS crisis, yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, so so my generation is not used to safer sex. Mm-hmm. Many people in my generation are also, we're long-term monogamous. I mean, we, have a lot, we, we like to compare, say we're poly and kinky, but there's a lot of monogamous kinky people out there. Sure. So mm-hmm. even in the kink community, all of a sudden, they're widowed or all of a sudden they're divorced after 20, 30 years of monogamy, they don't even think about safer sex because mm-hmm. they never did before. Why right. should they now? Right. So, so a consciousness around safer sex is one thing that I think that needs to be brought to people aging. And I think that it's easier to bring it to the kink community than it is to the, the general vanilla sure. community. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: here at, the, here at, at this kinky conference... Having, there's two different tables out there that are giving out condoms yeah, right now, and nobody's right. batting an eye. It's like, oh, yay, more. I'll yeah, take I, more I, actually, I, yeah, I walked up to one and said, "Oh, they're condoms." I thought it was candy. All right, I'll keep <laughs> going. I'll <fix> <laughs> yeah. So,
1: well, one of the things, um, I, I don't know, I don't even know how to word this, but um, as we age, I know you talked about hearing and sight and things like that, but our hormones change too. That's it. And I think that's one of the things that the women that want me to start the support group. I think. Our, our, our uh, focus is a lot on that, too. So, you know, our estrogen is changing. Our testosterone is changing. Out. We dry out. We, you know, lose the sex drive or it goes in cycles or things like that. So we're having to deal with that as well. And, you know, um, all women, are, uh, men, men, men as well. Testosterone yeah. drops in
2: a lot of men as, mm-hmm. as they age, too. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, just that sort of support because we all want to stay kinky and we want to keep going and things like that, but we're dealing with all these other body changes as yeah. well.
2: So yeah, lube is your friend as we get older, and we have to be really conscious. I have a friend, um, in fact, um, she's very well known, Mistress Matisse, she's on, online, and she's getting into the pot lube industry. <laughs> Marijuana lube. I can't. Oh I'm going to get to try some. I'm so excited. It doesn't get you high, but it makes your pussy feel good. That's what I'm supposed to yeah. right? Yeah, she was just tweeting about it recently, and, and I'm like, I want to try that. That sounds great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, lube is, is definitely your friend as we've gotten older. And, and talking to doctors about hormone treatments and about testosterone and being really mm-hmm. upfront. I know a few people uh, that have, um, that their doctors, a few guys that doctors have put them on, t- on tea. So to because their testosterone levels have dropped a lot mm-hmm. as they've gotten older and stuff. Yeah. And uh um the the downside of, of hormone treatments for women is breast cancer, so we have to be watch that and right. you know. But I mean, I survived breast cancer and still had played and had sex and you know, I haven't grown my boob back, but I keep <laughs> trying. It's just like <laughs> it's there, but it's like grow but
0: I wanna <laughs> you know. so, yeah, awesome. cool. So, uh, one more question for you, if you
2: don't mind. Yes.
0: Do you have, now that you're, you are, regardless of whether you're old or not, you are 64. I am. Do you find yourself thinking in a term of, I have a limited time left to do kinky shit. So, do you Mm -hmm. have something like, man, I want to get this done? My bucket list or Yes, yes, do you have a kinky bucket list? What's Um, one thing from that kinky bucket list that you're still, that you're interested in having happen?
2: I have two things. One of them isn't so much kinky as it's experiential. I want okay. to jump out of an airplane, and uh, that I just want to jump. I'm a fear and terror person, and I want to jump out of an airplane. I am, and I want to do a tandem jump, but I'm too heavy, I'm too fat for that. Okay. So I have to lose, and, and I turn sixty-five next year. I'm pushing for sixty-five, um, so I have to lose weight before I can do that. Okay. That's one thing. But what I want to do, actually, uh, the one kinky thing I've not done is a hook suspension. Oh, okay. That's that's my, and uh, um, you guys, up up in Alaska, we were just talking about Alaska, just in the air, um, there's a guy named Evermore who's this amazing, and he does rigging, hook rigging and stuff, and we've talked about, if I do it, I don't want to go to some big, you know, like Southwest, a big event. Right. I want to go out into the woods and do this thing with that. So that's probably my only really kinky bucket list thing I have uh, for me. Otherwise... I just want to be teaching and talking about sex and BDSM um, until I can't move anymore. So I have a personal mission statement, and that is to bring joy to sexuality and to make a difference in the world. So I just want to keep doing that until yeah, I'm done. The,
0: how can people find you?
2: Um, I'm um, Alina Gabash on Facebook. I'm Alina, A-L-L-E-N-A, on FetLife. Um the easiest email because I have a whole bunch of emails, but the easiest one is Lady Sun l a d y s u n at gmail, great. And um, and I have a blog and on WordPress, Elena Gabash on WordPress, and I have a patron site, Ooh, so you can like give nice. me money because I'm writing a book about very relationships. Nice, nice, so, yeah.
0: love it. Well, thank you very much for Thanks. being on the podcast. Today. Thank you. Uh, I am enraged, by the way for your dating in you're young enough. No, okay. you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: Thank
0: you're you so all. welcome. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe. You're currently listening to a song called "Win." The official EA twatter. Oh, we haven't had one recently. Who's our official twatter? People need to be twitting. The person we've seen most recently is not Sweet Girl and Platinum Bubble. The current cinder of Tentacool is Lloyd George and Rachel. Yes. The <laughs> provider of graphic novels is the is going to be Johnny Jackhammer for quite some time. So, and the good news from the north,
1: and the official food that goes on boobs is provided by Supreme.
0: Bye, John.